Hello everyone. I'm Madhura Gaikwad and you are listening to Zip Radio podcast powered by Synerzip. In this episode, we are going to discuss a case study on industrial IoT. The term Internet of Things was first coined in 1999 by Kevin Ashton. Since then, IoT has revolutionized the way we live and work. Today, our CTO Vinayak will chat with Parag Vaidya, an IoT expert, about an interesting case study on industrial IoT. So let's get started with this session. Welcome on board, guys. Thank you, Madhura. Thanks for the kind words of introduction. Uh, we are going to talk about a very interesting subject that is industrial IoT. IoT has a wide range of applications, and Synergip has been doing things for uh, the hospitality sector as well as the industrial IoT. And today we have our guest uh, who's Parag, and Parag has actually worked on industrial IoT in a very interesting case. We are going to hear from him how he was able to solve a very interesting problem. It's been our focus to take real world, real problems because it's not the sensors that we keep, and uh, you know we have been having sensors in industries, and sensors have been picking up. Uh, signals and they have been interacting with actuators and there has already been some level of automation that already exists in the industries but iot has enabled these sensors to work and communicate with the cloud and also with each other and then in a very coordinated way even use modern tools and modern methods like machine learning so we are going to see all of that today in our chat with parag welcome to this zip radio episode so i would like you to first start uh, telling a little bit about the business and the business problem that you are trying to solve yeah so the problem client was facing is his job the entire batch got rejected because of only one forging job was failed in their test and the problem was with the drill so the drill was not proper before we go there can you tell a little bit about the business i mean i understand that this was a forging shop with which they are supplying to automotive industry is that correct yeah correct so it's a forging company where we are deployed the this solution so this forging company the main work was uh, it's creating heavyweight jobs these are forging jobs so they cut the metal blocks in the shapes it in you know so they those blocks got fit into some of their engines the heavyweight engines so that was the main role of that forging company another thing is their customer resides in italy so the batch which was got rejected at client side means it got rejected at italy and you know they incurred heavy fine against that as well yeah so that is what makes this pain point even more painful for the client Yes, that, uh, exactly. Not only that uh, it got rejected, but they had to transport it back and forth between India and Italy. How heavy was this job? I mean, uh, heavy is like is it in kilos or is it in tons or is it? So the one job weighs between twenty to forty kg. There are different jobs which weighs between twenty or forty. Yeah, and also is this in a state that is very hot? Like I understand that forgings are hot. so is there a temperature that uh, is a constraint in this job i mean or is this job uh, in a cold state 
Uh, no, so uh, the temperature was not the constraint. Uh, the constraint was uh, the QC part, which comes uh, on that conveyor belt, the assembly line. Uh, so these forging companies refer to it as a uh, gantry. So that gantries are a bit hot during this, you know, uh, doing this uh, work on that uh, actual job. So when we implemented this solution, so there is one cooling period uh, for each job, which is of 10 seconds. So we have utilized that the time to, uh, you know, test this job. Okay, so this is a smart thing to do, right? I mean, as the job is cooling for 10 seconds, simultaneously you're using the same 10 seconds to also do the quality control. So, exactly. yeah, so you don't add any additional time for quality control. Yeah, so that is interesting. That was one of their major concern again, like, you know, because this is the first time they're doing some automation work. Otherwise, you know, everything was manual in that industry before that. So this is the first time which we're in, they were implementing automation. This is very uh, difficult for us to convince them initially, wherein they were, you know, so earlier their QC supposed to take three to four hours of, uh, you know, and that is again after uh, three to four hours per person and after production of that jobs. So once they are into, uh, in particular QC room, so then the man comes in and, you know, he checks it manually. Okay. So why was it difficult? I mean, for someone to convince because instead of doing it manually and taking three to four hours of the ship's time, doing it in parallel in automated way and in simultaneously as the job is cooling would add no time at all. So what was the, was it a kind of mental block because they had never done automation before? Exactly. Correct. So that was the mental block and uh, to clear out the, that mental block, we initially uh, created a POC. And uh, we deployed it. They have tested it for a couple of months. And after that, like they are now uh, in production. I am not sure that when we did this POC, was the customer ready to pay for the POC or were they like wanting you to take the risk on your side? Frankly speaking, the POC was completely free. It's our risk completely. So you were 100% sure that it will work. I mean, you had to be 100% sure that it will work because it was at your cost. Yes, yes, I have to make it working because it's, you know, I was investing into it. Yeah. 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 It was, you're spending out of your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So can you describe how technically it was configured? How was it done? Yeah. There are different parts. Uh, let me explain what we did in the POC part. So we took uh, Raspberry Pi as a hardware stack. So we took Raspberry Pi, Raspberry Pi camera couple of load cells, industrial digital load cells, because those jobs are pretty heavy for measuring the, their weight. Again, some relays and some other hardware components along with this. So then after that, in software stack, we have taken the Python as a primary language, OpenCV for template matching. And the major part is Greengrass, AWS Greengrass. We have uh, selected the Greengrass for future use as well uh, here. And along with this, we have taken the Flask. You know, Flask is a very lightweight uh, Python web server. So we have created one interface wherein you can provide a positive template to the system so that you can upload it different templates into the system at any time. So we don't want to take the support cost for that. That's why we have created that interface uh, using Flask and Python. The entry point for QC was the load sales, wherein that job comes in into that cooling area of that conveyor belt, wherein we have put uh, the it is a triggering point for our Lambda functions, which we got coded into using Greengrass and deployed on Raspi. And those were triggering the camera for taking the picture of the job. So the distance between the camera and the job 
is approximately 12 inch hey let yeah. me stop you there so as i understand it the whole lot that you already said so as mm-hmm. i understand it there was a load cell that would trigger or that would start the event of capturing the photo or the snapshot of the job so yeah. the load cell will only detect when the job comes in on the conveyor right i mean that right. was a primary function of the load cell there was it was not actually in recording the weight and there was no quality check of the weight of the job yeah no so there is actually so there is a small deviation of uh, let's say 20 grams max 20 to 30 it depends on the job size actually 20 to 30 grams of deviation was expected uh, in the load so that is the main purpose of measuring the weight of that job Okay, okay and so that yeah and also that also triggered uh, and it also measured yes exactly exactly so suppose uh, like uh, let's say i mean for the sake of argument the job did not meet the weight specification it would not trigger the camera right it would just right straight away rejected it. if it was outside the 20 grams tolerance band uh, yes. if it was too light or too heavy you would just reject without turning on the camera yes correct Right. without spending much of time we just straight away rejected right right and how would you inform that the job is rejected i mean would somebody be observing on the cloud so as i understand there was a web server which was running on the raspberry pi which was using flask and yeah. somebody is browsing that web server using his browser somewhere remotely yes. and that person would see that the job is rejected but then what action would that person take or was there a nearby at the conveyor itself was there some indication that the job was rejected yeah so that's a good question that was again the big challenge for us to integrate their plc control so this conveyor belt this gantry is programmed using uh, plcs and uh, we have to integrate our you know this solution uh, to their plc so we send some signals to their plc controllers so that entire conveyor belt gets stopped so that entire assembly line will be stopped when buzzer was provided by us and some leds also so along with that flask interface uh, we are stopping the entire assembly line the hootering okay. the buzzer that, uh, yeah so now let's dig a little bit more into detail as to yeah. have a raspberry pi and that is communicating with two things one is the led and second is their system where you had to send via uart or how was the communication between raspberry pi and their system plcs so their plcs would accept uart kind of communication or yes. how was it yes correct it's a uart it's a serial based uh, communication so they provided us a couple of commands to uh, stop the process uh, and uh, the reason for the stopping so first we need to provide the reason for stopping it and uh, then after that we need to you know uh, fire up that command for stopping the entire assembly line so those uh, so, commands so, yeah, go. yeah so there was a command going from your raspberry pi to their plc controller and then plc controller would stop the that is straightforward but yes. simultaneously you also had to display something or you said that there was a led uh, display right or was it just a bulb i uh, know that's a small red colored led bulb so that you know because there are multiple assembly lines in parallel all of them had the same solution deployed so which of the assembly line got faulty job to detect that thing we have provided the red led bulbs and the hooter right right yeah so uh, there was a hooter also right i mean so yes. th- this was just a simply 
one of the gpio pins would send out signal and trigger off a relay right yes correct and there was one relay probably that would trigger off both your hooter as well as led because yeah. both would go off simultaneously yes so uh, for that thing like we have provided one hardware acknowledgement button because that was the requirement again someone used to come there maybe a plant manager or the uh, you know assembly line head and uh, he will acknowledge by using that button and uh, he will check that job is got because this thing is got rejected as it's a plc based stuff uh, we cannot start it from our raspi directly sorry to interrupt there was no command just the way you had a command that you could send from your raspi to stop uh, the assembly line there was no way to start by giving a command there is actually but as these assembly lines has multiple uh, cnc machines so which cnc machine design was faulty so there is no mechanism uh, to verify like which cnc machine was doing what as we are just you know our role was to perform the qc only so this is something which is a serial process the person the plant head comes in and uh, you know he manually checks which cnc machine design was faulty and after that he starts machine by manually actually okay let's say there was a problem in one of the holes uh, that was drilled improperly which hole uh, drilled by which cnc machine was determined manually there was no only thing what we could tell was it was not matching the specification either it was not of the right diameter or whatever was the specification or underweight or overweight or whatever be the problem but there was no way your process could correlate that to the machine which was the cause or which resulted into that defect no as of now you are right like as of now the role of this device is to just quality check the job not to uh, you know monitor the entire process actually that may be the you know future scope i can say wherein okay. we can uh, you know provide them interface wherein they can uh, you know provide the inputs to their cnc machines as well from our interface directly yeah so we will uh, go there but even before that i have a question that you no know, you have buzzer going off and then you have a man coming and you know taking care of everything that needed to be taken care of and then pressing a button so that you know that you know he has taken care of it to restart the process so where is the need for flask and where is the need for web interface i mean what was that purpose of all that yeah so the main problem here was like there are multiple different assembly lines wherein they have different jobs going on and they might change job design as well once the production of a particular specification got ended then they have to land new job specification over there so they need to provide the positive uh, template for us uh, matching so wherein it will be the part of open cv so we were providing that template as an input for uh, open cv so that match that template so providing that template is the main purpose of providing this web interface on our raspi okay so on the raspi you have open cv software running that matches the photo image of the job with the template that is uploaded by somebody remotely yes correct right and that someone remotely knows what is running on which assembly line and based on that that template would change or yes. would it be the raspberry pi would have all the templates and then it would just pick up one of them by giving prompting the user to select no no so it is their responsibility to update that template so there is only one positive template at a time 
true but then you don't have a like raspberry pi i think has a 32 gig card right so you yeah, can store yeah. quite a few images there right right so right it have a repository of templates from which the user was picking it was yeah. he was uploading every time right so during this you know while creating this poc part uh, they didn't have uh, any such a templates so it's us where we got luckily a couple of their jobs and uh, you know we took the photos of that so those photos are also taken manually by us oh so the template is nothing but a picture taken by you using your camera manually and then you are trying to match that picture with what is in front of the camera when the qc process is on is that what you say template matching initial positive templates was taken by different cameras actually then after that for matching it is taken by our raspberry camera right i mean uh, so you had a, probably a better camera than the raspberry camera to take the initial i would say yes. baseline photos which were used as the standard correct correct yeah yeah and then uh, those photos were the templates with which uh, you were matching what image so can you tell a little bit about open cv for our listeners like what is open cv open cv is an open source computer vision library uh, mainly it's a library it provides multiple functions for doing real time computer vision functions like comparing images and uh, you know image processing mainly okay so yeah. you had this open cv library and it was loaded on your raspberry pi or was it something in the cloud because you also mentioned there would be some cloud enablement i'm not sure is open cv available as a library in python or something yeah it does support python as well i have open cv library ported on raspberry pi it was running on raspberry pi completely okay okay it would do the work of matching the template with the actual image and would tell you what i mean what would be the nature of output was it yes no or what was the nature i input i understood there would be two images to compare right or a set of images to compare with a set of images but how would you see the output yeah so the output is in the form of some ratio some it gives us the matching ratio like how much uh, it got matched like 80% 90% 95% that kind of ratio we get actually okay and you yeah. had a cut off that it had to you know be within certain tolerance maybe yes 90% plus and then only it would get uh, accepted yes. otherwise it would be rejected right right as we matched like uh, it was 96% 96 to 97% was the acceptance criteria yeah and then you also mentioned that there are multiple such lines parallelly running right and yes, so each one of them will have their own raspi or you know i suppose so because otherwise it will be difficult right correct so you had multiple raspis and each one of them would be running their own instance of flask yes so it's a part of a poc actually so right now we have deployed it in multiple instances uh, uh, five of them are running our poc this is a complete poc right now so uh, the future scope might be like you know we will be having one centralized uh, unit of processing for this one uh, that is based on uh, imax 6 and uh, so that's the main purpose of having a green grass here from the beginning actually so it was not connected so, uh, uh, yeah so can you explain what is green grass and what it has to do with managing multiple lines yes so green grass is a solution provided by aws it's an iot solution mainly 
So they have provided the capability of running Lambda functions on electronic boards or maybe small devices like Raspi or IMX6 kind of boards. We can deploy Docker containers or we can execute Lambda functions and things like that from onboard itself. We don't need to be connected to the cloud for executing those Lambda functions. So it's more or less, it's a kind of uh, environment wherein you can execute Lambda functions offline, we can say. Oh, so that is interesting. So then why do you need AWS if you can do it offline? Yeah, we need AWS for, you know, taking help of other capabilities or other service, other IoT services provided by AWS IoT Core. Like, let's take an example of, you know, if you wanted to interact with multiple devices, then we can make use of MQTT, uh, the broker and the, uh, you know, subscriber provided by the Amazon. That is a part of IoT Core. Right, right. So for the information of our listeners, MQTT is uh, an asynchronous messaging, very simple asynchronous messaging by which an IoT device can communicate with the cloud or yes. they can use the same to communicate with each other as well. So if device A wants to leave a message for device B, the same can be done using MQTT and then device B could pick up that message from MQTT, use it and you know respond back to devices, so on and so forth. So there are topics, so it's like a pub sub model where there are topics and uh, the topic name itself is the name of the queue. And, you know, it's a very simple system using which uh, devices can talk to each other. So what uh, you're saying, Parag, is uh, that's one thing that uh, you would need because there are multiple simultaneous uh, assembly lines and then they would need to communicate with the central iMac that you're going to put there. And even if you have a Lambda there, that's not going to get the message unless you put it on MQTT on the cloud. That's why you require AWS. Is that right? Yes. Correct. Very well explained. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's your already there or that's your future plan because you just mentioned that you did POC for five workstations or five assembly lines. Yeah. So the POC was, uh, they are not connected to each other. They are running in parallel and there is no connectivity between them. But the future is like uh, having one central communication device wherein we'll be having the same green grass, the same Lambda functions which we are running on uh, these uh, Raspires, uh, wherein we can have, uh, you know, different camera units on those assembly lines along with their flashlights for, uh, you know, irrespective of weather conditions we have provided in the flashlights as well. And that one unit will be controlled centrally so that we can update templates at runtime and, you know, we can manage it uh, from central location you know, uh, having different assembly lines. So these will be communicating with AWS, the, all the Raspies are communicating with AWS using Wi-Fi? Uh, yes, correct. So there is no challenge in terms of using Wi-Fi, you know, uh, very, where there's a lot of uh, electromagnetic noise with the assembly line, so many PLC controllers and hot forging machines running and all that. So no problem. Yeah. No problem because our units are deployed in the cooling area, which is kind of different room, I must say, mm -hmm. wherein there is no uh, distortion of those signals. We have tested it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it would be interesting to see what happens in the case of if it's, if the QC has to be done in a place where is where there's a lot of electromagnetic noise, right? I mean, correct. You, correct. you would have to rely on uh, probably wired devices, uh, they, they need to be wired yeah. to a location. Yeah. So anything else that uh, Parag was interesting and that I didn't ask you in this last few minutes that we chatted? No, like uh, we have covered most of the part. 
So there were two different challenges here, which we discussed. One is, uh, you know, the automated QC part with, uh, you know, saving their lot of time and also the energy on those people, manual uh, QC people. And other than that is the uh, cost effectiveness of the solution. They wanted it within the range of 10K or something. Because initially that was mindset uh, that the, you know, the changing of the mindset was one of the big challenge. So which model of Raspi did you use? I mean, uh, did you use Raspi Zero? Uh, no, it's a 3B. Okay. So uh, Zero would be cheap, right? I mean, I think Zero is under 1000 rupees. Yes. Yes, correct. As it was a POC, like that unit was available with me. So I was involved with that one. Pretty, yeah. uh, yeah. The problem with the Raspi Zero was uh, again, uh, you know, executing those green grass and, you know, things like that. So that may be a, a big challenge for the, uh, you know, that time. I don't know uh, because Raspi Zero also uses the same SD card in terms of only thing I, I think Raspi Zero has a slower speed. That's yes, the only yeah. clock speed is slower. That's the major challenge. Other than that, anyway, so that could be a future exploration for you. Yeah, the main challenge with uh, zero would be like uh, the execution of uh, green grass, like you know, because it needs uh, higher processing. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I suppose so. Yeah. So thanks, thanks a lot, Parag. Thanks for uh, giving us all this wonderful information in the t- taking us down this trip in the world of IoT, and it was very interesting. I'm sure it was interesting for our listeners as well. So thanks once again, and uh, we will be continuing our various episodes in this Zip Radio. Thank you all listeners for being patient and listening to us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, sir. Thanks, Vinayak. And thank you, Parag, for sharing this case study with our listeners. Thank you, everyone, for joining this episode. If you are looking to accelerate your product roadmap, visit our website www.synergip.com for more information. Stay tuned to future Zip Radio episodes for more insights on technology and agile trends. Thank you.